the Batman uh, chair? Yeah. No, yeah, no. We've already set the stage that my okay. ass is never going on that chair. Well, we can put like, we can do it like our grandma's oh, house oh, we and put plastic do, down. I can bring plastic. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Trying to be more no nonsense at this point. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary place. Continuing our series of tactical things. I've been saying stuff lately, but I'll transform it into things. Episode 200 was a monster. It was video and audio, and we tackled planning. We tackled the general concepts of planning. We heard a lot of feedback, and we even heard it from ourselves during that episode that we'd like to go in one level deeper. So today, Bob and I are going to do that. So super tactical. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tactical. Oh, no. What have I done? No, no. I had a that's, that's, I had a guy in Germany yeah. that sent me an email with the tactical stuff in it, <laughs> and I know I'm in trouble when. Yeah, I need yeah. to think about when I'm embarrassing myself <laughs> and who might see it. No, it's too late. So let's dive in. All right, so we're going to set the stage. The plan is Bob and I are coming in to help a brand new team do their very first planning assumptions that are made. They have a backlog that's in good health. So we aren't going to cover refinement or sizing or things like that. We are going to expect slash assume that the team that we're coaching is the A, their first planning, and B, their backlog is healthy. So we don't have to like start doing that. So here so we go. So this is sprint planning. This is sprint planning. Yeah. One, who's going to go first? You. Because I've already done a lot of talking. Okay. So sprint planning for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and we can bounce off each other, right? We, it doesn't have to be like you talk for 30 minutes and I talk yeah, for two. Yeah, but I'm... So for me, I mean, my initial response, Josh, is I don't even know if the Scrum Guide talks about this anymore. I think it might, but sprint planning. I used to get a lot of, like, when in doubt, go to the basics mm-hmm. because the basics are good yeah. and we forget about them. So I, re- I remember the Scrum Guide used to talk about sprint planning had a part A and a part B. Mm, okay. Right, in the meeting. Part A was the product owner... Presenting the ask to the team, mm-hmm. representing the ask, mm-hmm. uh, the set of stories that the product owner felt uh, would, so they would present their sprint goal and they would present the stories that they felt would fit into a two week sprint that would align with that goal. Yeah. And they would ask the team if they had any last, this was like a last minute reset. Mm-hmm. So partway yeah. was always a last minute reset. Do you have any questions about these? Uh, but it was, if it was well groomed, if it was well refined, uh, part A would go very quickly. Mm hmm. Right. Now, what the team might be surprised a little bit with is the packaging, mm-hmm. right? Like the the packaging of the stories and the theme and the goal. So usually it wasn't individual stories, but just trying to get their brains around why. Yeah. Why is yeah. this? So that was part A. Uh, and I would always go in I, when I was coaching a, uh, if I was a scrum master, mm-hmm. I would talk to the product owner and we would re- review their readiness for part A. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it would switch. Part B would would do a really quick switch in the Scrum Guide, and it would be for the team. Mm-hmm. So the focus in Part A was product owner to the team, uh, and they were really emceeing it. 
and then and then it would switch to product owner sat back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes POs would like ask to leave, right? They're like, my part oh, wow, is, yeah. my part's done, and I oh. and I would actually encourage them to hang out and yeah, watch, definitely. right? Okay, but they would want like part A's done. I'm out of here. Yeah, uh, and there was a, that was a thing for a number of years that POs would really want to escape. Uh, after they dump, dumped the goal on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the team would get around, uh, so sprint planning. So they would look at each story. I like looking at it uh, on a story-by-story basis, mm-hmm. uh, starting in priority order, and uh, having the team decompose. I'm a task guy. Yeah. So if this is a new team, I would strongly encourage them, almost, almost prescribe to them, that they're going to task things out. Right. I, I used to have this no task smaller than four hours, no task bigger than two days. Oh, so you even have them size it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they would size the task to four-hour increments. Uh, oh, so that's your unit. A day, half day, day, okay. day and a half, okay. two days, and try to hit it in there. I didn't want hours, didn't want seconds. Mm-hmm. I just, But I did want them to think about the size of the tasks. Uh, so I would have them, you know, normally it would be story, have the team brainstorm the tasks, mm-hmm. uh, whoever put them up would just really, it, it wouldn't be a planning poker sizing. It would be a discussion, quick discussion yeah, sizing, right? It's not planning poker, um, lay them out. And then uh, now I haven't done this in a while. Now I'm thinking about it. And then I would ask the team, uh, who's going to tackle the work. Mm-hmm. So, so it'd be story tasks to meet done. And then. Who wants, who wants to grab tasks and have people sign up for the tasks? And they could change the time if they disagreed with the time. And then we move to the next story. And we lay them out visually on, yeah. on week week one, week two, lay it out visually. Uh, you'd see interdependencies, people dependencies between tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would talk about when is it going to be done. So I try to draw, I, I would try to inspire or facilitate a lot of discussion on serialization versus parallel. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like visual, but only after visually like seeing how things on the board lay out, I would be trying to inspire the team and, and not forcing them because sometimes serial is the only way a story can be executed, mm-hmm. but really try to encourage the team. The other thing was pairing. Or like parallel front end, back end, like any parallel effort really can we get. So going back to a vertical slice. Yeah. 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 Really driving that home. Uh, and I, oh gosh, I even have a little write up about this. I think I used I'm to sure hand you people. Do. Uh, and we'll probably mention it, but not actually add it in the show notes. Because it's documentation <laughs> yeah. and we, God knows we don't want any, we don't want to share anything that's written down. <laughs> so, uh, and. No, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, and then people would decrement their time. One of the reasons. Oh, okay. One of the reasons. So I would ask everyone to bring what. Ah, I like this part too. How much time do you have for this two week sprint? Mm-hmm. So, so if you were halftime, in fact, it wasn't even about what your manager said. Like if you were, uh, you only had one week to give, and you had two vacation days or whatever it was, you you would come and declare. I don't have ten days. I have two days. Mm-hmm. And then you would decrement your two days as you grab tasks. And when you hit zero, you were done. Mm-hmm. Right? So as we're laying things out, you could literally see on the board the tasks mm-hmm. and the decrementing of people's allocation. Okay. So it's uh, like a burn down of their time almost. Uh, it's, it was a burn down of their time. Yeah, okay. I, what I wanted is, is what happened with that. Not only did it keep people honest, and, and I didn't want what the manager said you mm-hmm. had. I wanted people to declare. I wanted them to step in and say, this is what I'm giving to the sprint. Yeah. Uh, 
what happened then is very often halfway through they would change like if if they had cer- certain system knowledge mm-hmm. they might take a story and later on you know the team says you know what we need you on this story like yeah. we thought we we thought we had more of your time mm-hmm. if we if it's a trade off in your time we need you here or would you please take would you please work on this as opposed to this because yeah. we have less domain experience or whatever there so so there was reconciliation that time allocation would optimize the, t- the task flow or the sprint flow. And then when we ran out of time, we were done. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the when you end, ran out of people's time. People's time. Yeah, okay. Right. When we ran out of people's time, we were done. Very often, then at the end, there would be a reconciliation to the goal, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yes. Like, like, yeah. like. Does we, it actually line up? Here, Here's the things we can fit. Yeah. Very, actually very often, the, yeah. the, very often the goal reduced. Yeah. So, so probably eighty percent of the time, yeah. the goal, the goal had to be reduced. But it was priority reduced. It was lower priority mm-hmm. functionality was stripped away from the goal. That's one of the reasons why I didn't want the product owner to leave. Yes. After part Same. A, yeah. because I really wanted them to be listening to the dynamics so that they could help yeah. the team reconcile to the goal. Yeah, I can't imagine a scenario where not having the product owner there makes sense it was just a thing though like that's never product owners were like i'm not a i'm you know they really use, they use the i don't do the work as an escape mechanism oh, wow. and i was like and this isn't just a random there was a thing in the community for a yeah. number of years that product owners really didn't need to engage in that and i i probably wrote a blog post about yeah. it product owners out there don't you dare do that it's not it's the reconciliation of the goal yeah. and it's just under the, my real argument for their engagement was understanding like what's hard and what's not right and like, being able to help the team make the choices yeah. right like what's the tough choice yeah like, yes this isn't a fit like what's the what's the right and, thing and there is so much rich data about your team yeah like, like you don't dump and run right i mean there's there's rich now for a new team there's rich data mm-hmm. maybe after a year once the product owner really understands the dynamic then i could buy well that but logic. so much of the execution of sprint planning at that point changes yeah like after a year of being really that's, good, that's true. Sprint planning takes like fifteen minutes, and the tasking changes. Like yeah. the, the time allocation is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the stuff I'm talking, this was actually my recipe for a brand new team. Mm-hmm. So what a this is not something I brought into a mature team, right? So reminder, we are talking about a team doing their first sprint yeah. planning ever. As that team matures, you can and should optimize the way they work. They'll optimize it just yeah. because they'll get better. They are going to have 26 trips through the sprint planning where they're going to learn so much, yep. and it's going to be different. Uh, time. Uh, maybe the wrap-up point, how long did it take? Um, at, the, at the time, there was time recommendations in the Scrum Guide, about four hours for a two-week sprint. Holy crap. It, holy. Was, a, it was about four. So the max, yeah. it was somewhere up to four hours or two, two I think, an two hours per week or something but it was a four hour time box up to was Mm -hmm. the guidance in the scrum guide i actually found even with a well-refined back so let's say brand new team again the emphasis is brand Mm -hmm. new team good backlog the first one would take about three hours it would would literally take somewhere they typically landed i tried to optimize it i tried to get everyone going Mm -hmm. i don't i think the quickest i ever saw it was two and a half hours yeah Yeah. and it was usually normalized to between three and four hours yeah and i am famous for normalizing teams with saying the first is going to be the worst so do not expect everyone to 
be this challenging. We are going to get better. So yeah. just because this one, it feels like you're pulling your hair out. They're not going to be like that. We're going to get better. So like relax, just like cue it up. This one's going to suck. It's going to be hard. It's going to take longer than you like, but that's how things go. The first well, time back you do to it. The last Metacast though, the visualization, mm-hmm. the understanding, the sync, the, the efficiency, the cross team, you know, yeah. sort of understand that's where I, that's important for a new team. So question strictly from execution on the visualization piece would you do it like would there be physical stickies on a wall or on a board or would you do it in jira and I, move stuff around so over the years you know my my bias for a new team is paper yeah uh, so now early on you know sticky notes were sticky notes you could you could push teams early on being you know meaning maybe uh, like what uh, 2005 to mm-hmm. 2015 or something I could twist people's arms and get them to use paper. Yeah. Uh, but then, then sort of Jira started taking over and people wanted to do, it was part distributed teams, but even a distributed team can do sticky notes in like a, a whiteboarding right. or something. Yeah. So One of those tools out there. So I, my tendency is to do paper mm-hmm. and to be fully engaged. Like people would Agreed. write, every team member would write the tasks, mm-hmm. right? I didn't like it where some teams like wanted a scribe. Like someone would say something and you would be the default sticky note writer. I didn't I didn't like that because you were like the sh- no, I wanted people like everyone can write it. Yeah. Like that brain the, the story brainstorming for the test is like every everyone, given your definition of done, what is all work necessary to get this to get this story completely finished mm-hmm. and proud of it. And I wanted to do some task brainstorming there. So paper, uh your paper, sticky notes first. Uh, you can do it electronically. I think you miss something when yeah. you do it electronically, yeah. believe it or not. Agreed. Welcome to our Diversity and Inclusion Minute. We we are. I'm pretty excited, Bob. Okay. You know what we're going to do? What? We're going to highlight everything we've heard from our listeners and viewers. From the community? From the from community. From the meta right. ca- cast at we, large? We have thrown a challenge out for people to reach out we to have us for a number and of set. share... All and right. Like ask questions and offer up what they've done. So All right. are you ready? I am. I'm going to start sharing. Here we go. Okay. So that, Josh, may... that was like 15 minutes of si- seconds of silence. Yeah. It, if you were like testing your headset to see if like did something stop working no things didn't get working everything was fine microphone works we haven't heard a thing diddly squat diddly squat oh my gosh metacasters we can do better than that can't we oh yeah we can we can all right show us show us what you're made of all right back to the episode okay so tweaks I'm jumping ahead to my view. I'm done. You're done. Okay, cool. Uh, I, as you would imagine, listeners, if you've heard an episode or two, you'll find out that Bob and I align pretty closely. But but there are some key tweaks out there that I would make. I do agree. I've never framed it as part A and part B. Um, but I 100% agree on the product owner coming in and establishing a stated goal. Here's the thing we need to deliver to our customers. Yeah. And here's the group of stories that I believe achieve that. It's often a wish list. It's often like, man, I don't know if we can get this all done, but we're going to try. I'm going to put it in front of the team. And a lot of that work 
is connecting the team with the value that we're delivering to our customers and why it matters and why, and that's why vertical slices become so important because you, it's hard to deliver customer value if you're like just doing a front end piece or just a back end piece. And then you have to stitch that across like three or four sprints. Like, no, we're going to deliver a piece of value to our customer, even if it's, we're adding a single checkbox, Yep. but we're going to do that. So framing it like that, it's, it's not just, here's these three database updates I want to make. Correct. It is not that it is our user has a problem and we're going to fix it. Right. Uh, you said something I want to correct. Yeah. Uh, there was no stretch. I tried to prevent. So the well refined backlog gave yeah. me points and I tried to coach the product owner. I would not let them come in. So if the team had 25 points of velocity, they could not come in with 40 points worth of ask. I'm, I'm like, I yeah. don't care. You have to trim it down. You know, you have to make yeah. it as feasible or reasonable as possible to come in. So no stretch goals. Okay. Yeah. I uh, am not a fan of stretch goals. Agree completely. Yeah. And I use the term feasible. Yeah. It's both feasible and reasonable. Yeah. Uh, yes. But it, it's what happens is it's very rare that a demonstrable piece of value for the user magically fits in 25 points. I, I would agree. So you're going to have one one functionality that's like 17 points, and then you're not going to have another one that's going to be like eight points magically. So you have to get creative and I would buy figure things out like that. So that so that's the that's the hard work that has to be done. And you can't I, – I don't believe you can be successful as a team with a product owner coming in and dropping that and then walking out, going back to the old ways that things used to do yeah. because – the team's going to find a creative way to solve that solution. And does it line up with what we're trying to deliver to our customers? Yes or no. And the product owner needs to be there and needs to be a part of that. Um, so I am not a fan of tasking in sprint planning, Okay. but I believe it makes sense. The first few rounds for, for you to understand like a brand new team. Yeah, exactly. So in this case where it's a brand new team, I line up with you. And I think that makes sense of like, okay, let's turn this into reality. And because we're brand new at this, let's talk about what reality means and all the 17 things we have to do to get that story done. Yep. I do not go down the path of people's time and pre-allocating people to tasks. The key reason I do that is because I see so many new teams that are really bad at swarming. So I... So I try and force the swarming okay. by not pre-allocating people and driving them towards, we have to get this done. Okay. Not you're doing that bit. And like, because I don't have a name on a task in a story that's over there. A lot of people tend to turn their brain off and say like, Oh, like that's not my problem. Um, so in order to be kind of a jerk and not let that become a thing, I'm real annoying for brand new teams. They're like, we are owning all of this. You aren't putting names on it. We are going to get that story done. I don't care how. I don't care if you've never done front end work and that's the thing we have to do the most. Like, we're going to go make that happen. People struggle with that. Um, so that's hard. So I try and hit that up front really hard because I've seen so many teams that struggle with sprints because everybody did their part, but we didn't deliver the value to our customer at the end of the day, right? It didn't come back together 
didn't tie up to that story. Like people can look at themselves like, well, I moved all my stickies. Yeah. Like, I did my thing. Like, come on. Like, uh, so trying to get them around that the team wins and not that I win. See, I probably emphasize that more in the sprint, the daily scrum. Okay. And in the team dynamics, like yeah. the, the coaching than I do in the planning. Yeah. Uh, particularly with a new team, but in general, I mean, I want to, I want to teach them as you're talking. I think one of my prime directives is bite off what you can chew, chew it and deliver it. Mm-hmm. And, and the visibility of tasks helps with that. Right. Uh, now I do overload, I suggest overloading names. So I've had cards that have three, four, five names. Right. Okay. So, so you, that you can inherently build the swarming in the task assignment. And actually I want decrement I want it to be decremented from people's mm-hmm. times. So that's fine. But I think I I trigger the swarming stuff as almost a second phase to maturity. Yeah. Okay. As a coach. Okay. Right? It's like stand and deliver, get some informal swarming. But I almost want the team to get the like I don't want this I see so much over biting off more than you can chew. Yeah. And carryover stories and stuff, and just being overzealous mm-hmm. and pushed and succumbing to pressure. That I wanna, I wanna sort of have the stand and deliver model first, with the planning and the visualization, and then then I emphasize swarming probably a little bit later than okay. you would. Yeah, see, I I I would not would, but I focus on that swarming and teamwork first and we're going to have some messy missed sloppy sprints see I, yeah. I am okay with that because i know we're getting there okay now that now that i recognize the difficulty that makes for teams because they don't feel like they're winning well like, hey, i didn't get a win too. right yeah i mean yeah. it's you're in a leadership role if yeah. you were in a bigger company and there were 20 other managers not all of them around you right okay so it's a now, riskier play but but like that that's 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 my preferred method is I over index on teamwork. I got it. And like, hey, like we're gonna stub our toe, we're gonna mess this up, it's gonna be a mess, right? But like we're gonna be able to rally around a thing yeah. and solve it together. So I over index there recognizing the challenge I put in front of the team. You know, I never realized you and I have butted heads a little bit on this tasking, not tasking, assigning time, not yeah, assigning right. time, when to do it. Do you do it uh, in advance in sprint planning or in the sprint? Mm-hmm. And I never realized the intention you had behind it was on swarming. And I think my re- my reaction is on the messiness. Yeah, it right? is messy. Yes, it, without a doubt. It's really messy, to, yeah. and you have to manage. Now, we probably come out of it. I don't know who wins. We probably are tied. Yeah, Like mature teams yeah. or something, you, we probably come out of the curve at roughly the same way. Yep, agreed. Way. Agreed. Uh, but the learning, the messiness and the learning, the chaos, yeah, like the resilience, I think your approach is probably going to create more resilience in the team. Uh, to me, it just moves it left. Yeah, right? yeah. It just creates it sooner. But I also have recognized, having gone through this enough with so many new teams, that there's a lot of coaching that I have to do yeah. where they feel like, hey, we aren't winning. Is this really working? Like, is this actually better? See, right? I, so, I go to yeah. predict. You, yeah. you can sense this. I go to predictability yeah. to get confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Also to get people off the team's back, right? A little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you're providing cover for the yeah. chaos. Yes, yeah. Personally. Yep. Right? And I don't, I can't, I'm not always there to provide yeah. cover for that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, what so, else? so that was part A and then part B, you part were in a, part B. Yeah, so part B, uh, now now I still ask the team to step back of, okay, we've tasked it out. We haven't put names on it. Is that feasible? <laughs> like, do we have, 
is 99% of this work back end right. after we've laid this out and we actually have one back end person and nine front end people. So, so you're doing so that's one of the reasons I do the yeah. the hours and the person. So you do a skill set analysis, yeah. like a capabilities, yes. not analysis, but you look at it from a capabilities perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so and again, but we try and do that more like like we squint. Like we aren't looking story by story, but maybe they're different colors yeah. just so we can look like holy crap, we're like way out of balance. We need to rethink this, but what I'm trying to do in that moment is get that team to understand the value of that work in progress of like, we're going to get this done and then we're going to get this done and we're going to get this done. So you're visualizing chunking as yeah, well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or so, slicing, so, yeah. So. Okay. so that's what I'm focused on is trying to get them to transform from we delivered a feature to we delivered value yep and that and that's what we're responsible for is we are here to ship value to our customers yes you can ship code people might not give a shit yeah. right it might yeah. not yeah. it might not matter yeah. it might not ever yeah. get used right yeah. so that so i really over index on that mindset first and that team mindset approach to delivering value recognizing that i'm creating a bit of a mess for us to trudge through for those first couple of months um, coming out of that, I do a very similar thing of like, okay, here's what we believe we can realistically do. Does that really like line up with the so goal? Realized, yeah. Realignment. Yeah. Okay. Does it, does it make sense? Does it deliver? Do we need to make some adjustments? Uh, what I don't do, um, is the stretch goals, but what I do like to do is revisit the top of the backlog as it is now and just do a update of of okay we've planned the sprint we know what we can and can't do does that change the top of the backlog at all or right. not of like if things go perfectly if it's swimmingly and we want to pull something in do we do we have the right thing just to double check because in that 2 hours 3 hours we've learned a ton right so it might make sense to adjust the top of the backlog of what's next in case things go go well also things that I do from just a general coaching perspective is try and get the team to commit to less that's a huge thing so many new teams overcommit, right like crazy so trying to get them comfortable with like hey we can commit to 20 points we feel like we can crush that. Okay, great. Like, let's crush that. Then let's pull in what's next. Let's, let's not say we think we can do 20 and then plan 30. Right. Cause then like, that's just not comfortable at all for anybody. So let's, let's plan light and then start realizing what reality is. And then maybe we build up to 25 points or 30 points or whatever the number is, but I, like, let's do it evidence-based. I've done, um, something similar. So we've planned stretch stories. Uh, it's usually a team decision. Yeah. So the, it's the same strategy of we want to undercommit and overdeliver. We right. don't want to, at the beginning, uh, maybe not the first sprint with a new team, but very early on, let's say we plan and we're, and we're really in our mojo of planning, tasking, and and we hit the goal, et cetera, and it's, and it's, you know, 
our our velocity is 25 points but we hit 22 yeah i might suggest to the team hey why don't we and we're really planning well why don't we break down two other stories just in case and we can pull yeah, them in right yeah good the other thing is you can see the tasking you can see some of the skill sets necessary so depending on who's free mm-hmm. you can actually make a very quick decision as to we we can't pull that one in because josh is falling behind a little bit but we can pull that one in mm-hmm. so you can actually see the dynamics of it uh at at was it channel advisor eye contact i think we, we that almost became a norm for the teams and probably 80 percent of the time they pulled in some of that stuff yeah right agreed. so yeah. and it just made it made the pull less interruptive yeah and and it was very quick to do that because they were in they were in sprint planning mode Right, they were in, you know, they were jazzed up about it. So, so just looking at a couple extra stories, but, but that was more in the team's pocket. So there was no exposure to leaders or mm-hmm. anything. We right. weren't talking yep. about yep. stretch. That was just for the team's benefit and the product owner's benefit. Agreed. Agreed. So very similar. Um, do, do you do like a fist of five vote at the end? Uh, yes. Okay. And for, particularly for a new team, and I want everyone to be fours and fives. Um, I've. I actually remember canceling one. I don't know if it was a new team, but we did a fist of five. And then I was walking in the hallway and listening to a team, not spying on them, but just, mm-hmm. you know, we left the room. And and I overheard some people like, you know, there's not a snowball's chance in hell that we're going to. And everyone voted fours and fives. And there was no confidence at all in, in, in the hallway. And I remember timing everyone out. I'm like, hold it, hold it. Uh, I think we had some bullshit in the votes. Let's go back in because we need to, you know, the last thing, we need to exit here with confidence. Yeah. If you're not confident, then then tell me what you need to rip out of the, right? Let's renegotiate the goal. Right. But sprints are hard enough as it is mm-hmm. to execute. If you're leaving sprint planning with low confidence, you've done something wrong. So we would do a fist of five to get a confidence vote. And if the confidence was low for whatever reason across the team, then it was a question of what do we need to strip? Right. What? What? Or what do we need to change in the planning? And you heard it, but you can feel the energy. You can yeah. feel when a team is confident. Absolutely. It's almost like the Kool Aid Man, right? And they yeah. can like bursting out of that room yeah. with like, okay, yeah, we got this. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. When when that doesn't happen, you can you can feel it. You can sense it. You can people kind of like shuffle out of planning. <laughs> well, this there one was is no one, pep there was in the more step. Team lead. Yeah, in this, as I remember this, the team lead was dominating everything. Okay, and then everyone acquiesced, mm-hmm. and I, I, my spider sense went off a little bit, but I'm like, you know what, we're, we're you know, everyone's here is, you know, a, a professional. They're going to mm-hmm. vote their to their conscience, and and what I found is they didn't. Right, they just it was easier. They wanted to get out of the meeting, and, and you know, let's just go. And it, it was like it's really, I think it's really important to that question. It's really important to be committed and yeah. to have a to a realistic chunk of work as a team to to really have your energy flow. That's a really good mindset set that you have to do. So you as a leader need to set the tone for the importance of that ceremony or event or whatever it's called these days and not have it where the thing the team's trying to do is just get the meeting over with. Yeah. Right. That, that, that is when that happens, that's on you as a leader to go and reset why this matters. And that is important. And that we actually, and I see that a lot when 
team members believe we're blowing smoke and we don't actually listen to them and they aren't actually helping drive what's in the sprint and what's out because they've been browbeaten for so long of they're just told it's like yeah okay whatever just put that but in it's the sprint not just let's get that. out of there it's leadership but it's also like testers to developers i've yeah. heard testers come out and say the developers don't want to hear what we have to say yeah and i'm like no sh- shut up we're going to go back in if you don't think it's feasible we you need to have a voice yeah Right, so it's not feasible for Dev. It's not feasible for the architect. It's not feasible for the team lead or the scrum master. It's feasible for everyone. Mm-hmm. What's feasible? Right. And when in doubt, chuck it out. Right. It's it's like let's get it to. I mean, again, this is planning. There's going to be shit in there that they didn't anticipate anyway. Mm-hmm. So if we can't exit planning with with right. some energy, well, you know what good is it? So so all I'm getting at is I I've seen it at all. You know the dominating voice. Uh, the testers not feeling heard. So I think as leaders, we have to we have to set the tone of the emphasis that it isn't all mm-hmm. right. It isn't all voices sort of thing. Like we we want people. It's not just fist of five. It is a it is a really you know we want you to have buy in on your fist of five. We want to listen. And, right. And when you say it's a, four or five, that's what we're going for. If you're less than that, you don't have to argue. You don't have to get defensive. Right. The, the team. You actually don't even have to figure out what to do. The team has to figure out what to do so, mm-hmm. so that you have some level of confidence. Agreed. Okay. Did we? I actually like the way that flowed. Yeah. Not not necessarily you and I talking, but the the topic of what what Metacasters when we first started, I was like, how do we do a deeper dive on planning? And Josh was like, why don't we talk about a brand new team and sprint planning? I think this unfolded. This made me think about stuff I haven't thought about in a while. Mm. So nicely played, thank Mr. you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. Are we done? We are. All right. So from beautiful, we are not, everyone, we are not in Fuquay, Verena. Thank God. We're in Cary. <laughs> Come on. No hyphen, North Carolina. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And big. Take care, y'all.